The U.S. Army is modernizing. To maintain an edge in the fast-paced operational environment, we must be at the forefront of innovation. And anybody in the military knows that with the military, you need change, you need progress, you need innovations. New ideas, new policies, new technology, and new ways of doing old things will guide us. But really, it's about applying creativity to solve a problem. It's about transformation. Finding the right people will be key. Highly caffeinated and highly motivated and, and just like raging against the machine. This is The Convergence, the Army's Mad Scientist podcast. And to learn about how the Army is approaching innovation, we spoke to innovators, practitioners, and soldiers at all levels of some of the leading efforts in the Army. I really believed in the cause of soliciting soldiers for solutions and then backing them up to implement the solutions. To better understand innovation at the edge. Fostering a culture of innovation within a large, bureaucracy-driven organization like the U.S. Army is difficult, but several efforts are underway and seeing success. Dragon's Lair out of the 18th Airborne Corps, Eagle Works out of the 101st Airborne Division, and the Marne Think Tank out of the 3rd Infantry Division are leading the way. But how and why did they come about? Hi, I'm Brigadier General Jasper Jumpers. I am the Deputy Commanding General for Maneuver at the 3rd Infantry Division down at Fort Stewart, Georgia. The idea was, let's get a group of willing participants, folks that just show up because they really, really want to participate in a little group of disruptive thinkers who are interested in trying to make the division better or trying to make their team better, even at the lowest echelon. And they want to do that through bringing an idea that they have to fruition, or maybe they have a background in, in a technology domain or an engineering domain, or maybe they're just tinkers on the side and they have an idea and they want to make it real. And they are the kind of folks that they're usually not hard to spot. Like once you know what to look for, they're the kind of folks who are, who are trying to find their way through the system to make their idea real. And a lot of times those barriers that we inadvertently put up as bureaucratic organizations stop them from doing it. And the idea was like, Hey, let's, let's track a few of these folks down, ask them if they want to be a part of this team and start building a little element within the third ID that, that brings these people together and then try to try to see if we can make some of their ideas real. That's how, that's how it started. We had a kind of a multi-pronged approach to how we were going to go after innovation in the division based on General Costanza, who's the, the commanding general of the 3rd Infantry Division. He invested in this idea, kind of taking a, uh, a deputy commanding general and putting them on this portfolio and allowing me to spend the time on it. Um, nesting in with, you know, General Carrilla as the 18th Airborne Corps commander, one of his priorities was to, is, is just culture of innovation and innovation across the Corps. Uh, this was one of our, this was one of our efforts to like to connect at the lowest levels with the soldiers. That's what the Marin Think Tank uh, was designed to do. In addition to a couple other efforts that we had or still do that are not related to this bottoms up connect. It's more of the top down vision as the division modernizes and how we can bring the gaps that we're finding as the division modernizes back to the army, to the capability developers in some of the major platforms that the division's working on. I'm Lauren Hanson Armendaris. I'm the deputy division innovation officer at the 101st Airborne Division. It was not easy. We, um, we started a little bit over a year ago with a vision and, uh, and now we have a program, partnerships, framework, facility resources, 
uh, a lot of promising soldier initiatives in a team. I think some of the, the biggest challenges, not everyone understands what innovation is. There's a lot of misconceptions about it being only modernization or only technology, or that it's like a pet project or the separate thing. Um, but really it's about applying creativity to solve a problem. It's about transformation. Um, and until we see it through that lens of this is helping us invest in the future and, and create that future readiness by investing now and uh, reimagining how we do things until we see it that way uh, as an organization, it's really difficult to, to try to get people on board to want to invest in innovation because, I mean, it, it requires time, it requires resources. And so that was kind of one of the first cha challenges is understanding what innovation is. And because there was nothing like it really before an innovation program, we really had to help people visualize something that never before existed and see why it's important and how it really feeds into the unit and, and future readiness. So my name is uh, Colonel John Cogbill. I'm the Chief of Staff of the 18th Airborne Corps. Kind of a non-standard path to get here. Some special operations and conventional uh, assignments as well as some time in academia. And then got called uh, about a year ago to come here to be the Chief of Staff at 18th Airborne Corps. Eagle Works kind of evolved. I didn't really know how to how to make it work. And so I wanted to introduce this concept and, and develop a culture first. Um, and before I did that, though, I wanted to kind of listen to the folks in the organization. And, and you know, when I, I kind of said, these are the priorities I think are important, but more importantly to me is, what do you think we need to focus on? And so, you know, I did that, you know, I, I bounced some ideas off. People gave me some feedback. And then, but it took a while for them to understand what the hell I was talking about when I talked about innovation inside of a brigade combat team, because that just wasn't a, a priority that commanders typically come in with. Um, so it was important to try and describe what it was that, I, you know, this vision that I had for the organization where, and to try and educate. And so that was a process that evolved to get the leaders on board and get the buy-in from them. And then once we did that, it was kind of starting to build structure around it and, and introduce opportunities for people to do it. So this Eagle Works concept Eagle Works now is a place, but Eagle Works is more of a concept. It was more of a movement. Uh, and I was trying to get that buy-in from people, create that sense of urgency, uh, communicate a vision, empower people to go out and find opportunities to innovate, uh, build a network around it, build an ecosystem uh, that involved not just us talking to ourselves, but looking, reaching out to find university partners like we did with Vanderbilt, uh, reaching out to Ar Army Futures Command, which had just stood up. Uh, and getting some top cover to, you know, through the form of an educational partnership agreement, and then really just creating those collisions amongst that group of folks, uh, empowering people, you know, giving them mission orders, kind of that mission command philosophy, giving them mission orders, empowering them, letting them exercise discipline initiative, uh, and then just getting out of the way. And so that was kind of the Eagle Works movement. I am uh, Joe Pacino. I'm the uh, producer of Dragon's Lair at 18th Airborne Corps in Fort Bragg. And uh, I guess by way of introduction, I'm a uh, career Army officer, came into the Army as an artilleryman and now work in uh, Army Public Affairs. For us, it was about trying to get ideas from soldiers into the Corps headquarters. And about 18 months ago, so midway or so through the year 2020, we established a host website, a third-party website. It doesn't require CAC access that any soldier in the Corps, you know, you're talking about 
a massive pool of American soldiers, 92,000 across 14 installations, that any soldier can access and submit their idea. And we thought, okay, we'll take these ideas, we'll, we'll implement, and we'll get some soldier-driven innovation. And it just wasn't going anywhere. People weren't talking about it. People weren't submitting ideas. The ideas that did come in weren't re were more sort of complaints about barracks, things that we could adjudicate elsewhere. It wasn't sparking. So I thought, well, you know, let's think about, you know, soldiers like competition, right? All units, at least on Fort Bragg, <laughs> soldiers like competition. Soldiers here want to be the best. They want their unit to be the best. And soldiers like, uh, I don't know, I think they like uh, social media, reality TV, cool celebrities. Well, let's combine all these things and, and come up with dragons there. So I stole the idea for Shark Tank, appropriated it, dropped it on Fort Bragg. And then, um, you know, the idea is the soldier comes in. The idea I was thinking was the soldier comes in and like these army generals and CSMs are like sharpshooting them like the, the sharks and Shark Tank and, uh, you know, make it something that people could buy into, uh, people would want to watch. The 18th Airborne Corps' Dragon's Lair is a competition in the style of popular television show Shark Tank that allows soldiers to pitch ideas and innovations for consideration to Army leaders for future implementation. Let's hear from a few participants who took on the challenge. My name is Sergeant First Class Michelle Ravello. I am a full-time Brigade SARC, which is S-A-R-C, which is a Sexual Assault Response Coordinator. I'm currently stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, where I'm assigned to the 2nd Security Force Assistance Brigade. Somebody reached out to me through TikTok. I had posted a video about an idea that I was doing to put together the bag that I proposed. And they sent me a direct message like, hey, I know you're stationed at Fort Bragg. Have you heard about the Shark Tank? And I actually hadn't. So I looked it up and just on a whim, just put in a real quick um, application because it, it's very simple. You just go in there and type in your idea. And I really didn't think it would get noticed. And sure enough, there I am. <laughs> My name's Evan Adams. I'm a major. Um, I used to be an armor officer. I'm currently a 26 Bravo. I just beat it. I switched over to in information systems engineer. I'm currently a, a student uh, down at the Signal School, but I came from uh, the 101st Airborne. So I heard about Dragon's Lair. Uh, so my buddy uh, is actually the innovation officer down at uh, the 101st. And we were just kind of talking one day and he brought it up kind of just out of the blue because uh, he thought it was interesting. Uh, so he pointed me in the direction of the op order and, and then I read it and I thought it was a really good way to really, I really believed in the cause of, you know, soliciting soldiers for, for solutions and then backing them up to implement the solutions. I, I think that's a, a noble cause and it's the only place in the army that I've heard that is available to do that. The proposal that I put on and uh, gave at Dragon's Lair was my job as a sexual assault response coordinator is you have that immediate response to somebody that has come forward and given a complaint of sexual assault, which can involve rape and things like that. And in some of these instances, the person that you're taking their support from may not feel safe going back to their home, doesn't want to go back to their barracks room. And so my bag was an idea as to what are some of these immediate needs items that this person would need? Uh, personal hygiene. It goes beyond that, though, where we put in things such as a phone charger or, or a tablet that they could borrow and use. And these are things that we all have com comfort items that 
people take for granted when you don't think, oh, I don't want to go back to my house. So uh, it was just something that I thought was needed and I didn't see being utilized within my community of the SHARP program. So that's where I started at. I kind of just kind of haphazardly did it. I just went on the portal. I had an idea, kind of a harebrained idea that I just kind of typed out uh, narratively. Uh, and then there was like this overwhelming response to it. Like I got a bunch of comments and then um, the deputy commanding general at, at 101st, uh, Colonel Cogbill at the time, he called me into his office and he's like, hey, tell me more about this thing. Uh, I want mock-ups. Like I want to see what this is. Uh, so I, I really, it went from like, hey, this would be a cool idea to a kind of fleshed out, um, not prototype, but outline and proposal uh, that I then kind of carried on to the uh, competition. Dragon Slayer Experience, like I'm somebody that I'm pretty fairly comfortable going in front of um, higher commands or higher ranking individuals. My job as an advisor has put me in that situation, being a drill sergeant, standing and talking in front of people you don't know. But this was kind of different because you don't know what to expect. There's no like videos that you can research like on YouTube and be like, oh, am I going to go in there? And are they going to interrupt me while I'm talking? Are they going to are they going to be mean? Are they going to be critical? Are they gonna, And it really wasn't. It's a, it's a much more professional experience. You get to pitch without interruption. It's uh, very professional, but you still have those nerves as to what do you expect? And unfortunately for me, I went last. So I had to sit through everybody else going through and you're just sitting there waiting the whole time and you're gauging how long somebody's in there and you just, you don't know and you don't get to watch the other presenters. I went in there thinking like, because they, they build it as Shark Tank and every time, the I never watched Shark Tank, um, but the only episodes I ever saw was some poor guy sitting up there getting like ripped to shreds by like these smart business people. And so I went like on the offense and I just started, I, I pitched it to, um, like I said, Colonel Cogbill, who helped a lot in refining kind of like, well, so what, well, so what, you know, he just, he basically asked really tough questions and, and I had to go and do research and, and figure them out. Uh, same with Benji Hall, like the, the guy, like absolutely like did the same thing. He was like, okay, well, you're going to talk to dinosaurs. I'll be a dinosaur. And you know, absolutely just stonewall you. Um, I then talked to range control. I talked to the land managers up at division in a brigade at 101st. I mean, I, I did a lot of, uh, I guess, preparation uh, to get ready for it. Going on Shark Tank uh, was a, it was pretty terrible for me because I that was for the, like when teams first started coming out. So I was a complete novice and completely screwed it up. But luckily, Colonel Pacino called me in and we just did it over the phone and I just presented slides on Teams. And then uh, General Carilla was on there as well, like also asked some really good questions, but then like super uh, supportive. He was very um, like excited about it. It, it was the it was the first time I, I ever talked to somebody uh, like a senior leader and gave like a proposal where it was just overwhelmingly positive And it's like, OK, what do you need? Like, let's do this. And then afterwards, I guess I, I put myself in a very bad situation because I gave this like big lofty presentation of like, hey, this would be a great idea. And it's like, yeah, cool. Now make it happen. But unfortunately, no one does that. And it's not like you just, you know, swing a dead cat around. And it's like, oh, I found a software developer and a cloud manager and like money. Through. So a lot of it became like, OK, well, what would you need to set up to have those capabilities? And what are the things that, you know, kind of show, show me your homework? 
on why this would help and how this would help and, and how do you even know people would, would like it. So the things I learned about it a lot were kind of the tenets of software development, a lot of the cloud infrastructure surrounding it, some cybersecurity stuff, a lot of the range operations piece, and then kind of how to refine an initial idea that's you know really awesome and have a, has a lot of capability into the minimum viable product. Like what is the like the easiest win, the quickest thing you can put together to provide value and prove that your theory is right. What gave this idea and how did this come about? And it did come through a personal experience when I was stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas, that I had a soldier that came and reported to me. I was only a victim advocate at the time. I wasn't a SARC. But at that time, it happened in the barracks. They didn't have anywhere to go. They didn't have their phone charger. They didn't have anything with me. And I felt, for lack of better terminology, I felt naked as a VA, not being able to give them the support and the items that they needed. And so I just kind of went from there. And then when I became the Brigade Sergeant last year for 2nd SFAB, I did have another case where it brought the same ideas into my head, where this was a spouse of a soldier where they'd been assaulted in their own on post home. And so again, I ran into that same thing. I wouldn't want to be in the house where this happened, at least not immediately. And so you don't have all these creature comfort items. And that's where the idea kind of came around. And I reached out to a couple different companies to see if maybe they would like to give some donations of products because I didn't want the bag to feel military. I didn't want it to be like, oh, this is the stuff that I just go get from the unit supply cage. And it looks like something you give to your prisoners at a prison. And so I did reach out to some higher end uh, personal care brands and a, a couple reached back. And that's what is in the prototype that I had. My winning proposal uh, was off a problem statement that they gave. Uh, the first, the first dragon's layer was very, um, it, it was very prescriptive on what the problem was, and the problem uh, that they identified was how do we increase range utilization uh, throughout 18th Airborne Corps. Uh, so my proposal uh, was essentially Airbnb for ranges, right? So a mobile-friendly and portal-based system to capture information about ranges across the army and then a scheduling system to help uh, basically leaders schedule it within their organization and external to like the, the rest of the installations, uh, right? So if I'm at the 101st, but I'm doing offsite training at Fort Knox, I should be able to gather resources and understanding of what ranges and what capabilities and what requirements there are on Fort Knox and then schedule a range through my land manager or RIFMIS to then go and, and utilize that. So that's kind of the, the big, those are kind of the big rocks. The other big rock was um, a planning software to, to essentially uh, eliminate PowerPoint. And again, I have no beef with PowerPoint, but I hate static products and I hate having to use a laptop. If I can basically make that stuff on a NetWarrior unit, the little Samsung phone or whatever, that would greatly eliminate a lot of my desktop application driven stuff. And, and as a commander, I could break away from my office now and schedule a range, create a plan, share that plan, and kind of have a greater understanding without sitting in my office all day. Places like the Dragon Slayer is a wonderful experience for any innovative ideas. You always hear uh, soldiers or even NCOs or even junior officers 
that are down at the platoon levels or the company levels, and they have these great ideas and they just don't feel there's anybody that can listen to them, or you feel like you, you have to have a prototype or you have to have something in, in your hands to present. And Dragon Slayer gives that ability to, hey, I have this idea. This is what it looks like on paper. And you may not have a prototype, but you can still pitch the idea. And this is where you would get the funding and the backing and the support that you need to make that idea go forward. The fact that it's, it's the direct path to getting your submission in front of General Krula and in front of the core at large and to show and to make your case for what it is that you're, you're promoting. And then the chance that it might make the army better or your soldiers' lives better or, or something. If, I mean, if you're, if you're a leader, like you should, you should want to make the army a better place uh, like as an organization. If you're the lowest Joe on the totem pole, you should at least want your, your buddies' lives to be a little easier because I hated going on and trying to schedule ranges and then going to range control and then like being told I needed something else, then going back and doing all that. So, so why wouldn't I want to make that process easier for the next captain? Innovation is often linked with technology, but the Army relies on so much more. Improvements to process, policy, and morale can have a great effect on mission success. We always wanted a mix. We wanted a mix of tech-based solutions, idea-based solutions. We wanted cognitive solutions. We wanted things that ran the full spectrum of ideas. We always said this isn't only about new technology. And for a while there, every idea was an app. I got it. Apps make things less complicated. They streamline things, and we all have our phones and can access these things. But apps are actually hard, really hard to do, if you, if, particularly if you have an app that's going to touch a, a government program or a government site. So, you know, what we th then we started talking about it, it for every dragon's layer, one solution that focused on quality of life, and and it could be something that that we just didn't even see. We didn't even see was a problem. For episode two, this specialist Trevor Cross on Fort Campbell came up with an idea to move generators around with a forklift trailer attachment. Okay, so I, I didn't know, we didn't know here that the forklift that the Army outfits um, motor pools with, Army motor pools with, can't lift uh, a 5K generator. So he developed a, a, a skid steer attachment for that. Okay, that's pretty simple. And you actually we implemented it within weeks because across the entire core because you don't have to get any new tech, you don't have to develop anything, get a new technology, get a patent. You just uh, weld a piece of metal onto the existing device. So, you know, things like that, that's part of Dragon's Layer. You know, really complicated tech-based solutions are part of Dragon's Layer. Like in this, in this last episode, we had an Army Reserve office officer who has a background in architecture who developed this AI algorithm that allows a targeting cell to determine the pattern of life and the layout inside every building in the world. And so it's you know incredibly complicated tech-based solution that's going to take us months and months to implement. But you know, that's a really high-tech thing. And then, you know, on the lower end of things, you know, episode three, we had a soldier who was a, a victim, uh, sadly, of sex assault. And she said, well, Here's the, the policy I'd propose for soldiers going through uh, that process in order to ensure uh, fair adjudication. Well, okay, 
that's something we can change with a memo. And we did change with a memo. So it's the full spectrum of ideas. You know, ideas, uh, good ideas are trapped inside our formations. Well, how do you unlock them and implement them throughout the core? Um, you know, promoting those ideas, championing those ideas, and then actually uplifting the soldier and then taking the ideas and then force implementing them across all our formations. I'm Ben Hall. I'm the uh, Chief Innovation Officer for the 101st Airborne Division, and I've been doing this for about a year and a half. I'm a Force Management Officer by trade, so kind of do uh, dual half duty. No, I think that's one of the things, uh, one of the challenges that we've had that a lot of folks think automatically that this is about creating things to solve problems. Whereas there's a lot of times that there's uh, process improvements that, that we can do uh, where uh, we're sort of bad as an organization about capturing our lessons learned and preserving those, but never going back to them and actually actioning the change that we need to within some of our processes. So really this is about holistic innovation, whether it be to change a process or to improve an existing piece of equipment or create something entirely disruptive to solve some of those problems that soldiers see at their level. I'm Matthew Marshall. I'm an Allied Trades Warrant Officer in uh, 3rd Brigade here in the 101st Airborne Division. I've spent uh, about the last year and a half with my hand in the innovation cell that's been working here uh, in the 101st Airborne Division. So I think some of that balance is because it does take a long time to implement new systems, uh, whatever that system ends up being, or if it's a piece of equipment or whatever, is just making sure that we are utilizing and trained on those legacy systems and using those as best as possible until the new solution comes. Because I think a lot of times what happens is we have like what we consider this old doesn't work system for lack of a better word. Um, but really it's just a lack of maybe knowing how to use it and how to utilize it. And it's great to come up with new ideas, but we got to make sure that we're using the things that we do have because it does take a long time to get these new fancy toys and systems in place. Because it's not just physical solutions, we've seen some really interesting people and, and processes and more of the, the people first solutions. We hosted a design thinking workshop that's centered on building cohesive teams. Um, really, the design thinking workshop gives soldiers the tools like we, we facilitate it to um, bring in diverse teams of soldiers and help them iterate and, and brainstorm on a complex project by giving them the structured exercises for that. And so we had a team of soldiers reimagine how our unit supports small team cohesion through Eagle Day, which is uh, our, our foundational day. And that, again, goes back to protecting time for soldiers to be able to build what, what they need, um, pull the resources together and reflect. And so um, the soldiers really emphasize the team level events. And so their solutions that they came up with and kind of their concept, they were able to pitch to division leadership. And it's now being implemented this month. So I think that's a really good example of how an innovation program can support not just uh, physical solutions, but also solutions that have to do with people that are centered on people and events and, and culture. People are the lifeblood of innovation. Finding and empowering the right people can often be the difference between success and failure. So how does the Army find its innovators? And who are they looking for? The way we went about it was not to task, right? We didn't go and cut an order at the division level and say, send me your innovators to the Martin Think Tank on Tuesday at 1130 at the appointed place. And we went more at it from let's create a little bit of mystery behind what we're doing here and throw the, the bait out into the water and then see who comes to the hook. 
And what that allowed us to do is we were already getting this initial core of folks because they they were the type of people who already think differently. They, and most of them, this is a generalization, but most of them believed this was the kind of thing they were going to do when they joined the army. And so it was a that was a pretty easy jump. Like it, it wasn't that we had to spend a lot of time, you know, investing in teaching them how to think differently. They already were different. You know, they had some disruption in their brain as part of their makeup. And all we did was harness it. Now that that's the, that's the, we have like a, a little core group of folks. I do think that there's like an upper limit to how many people we want doing that. Right. I think you can be disruptive. You can break down the barriers. You can get, you can bottoms up problem solve with a certain portion of your element, whatever that is, but it can get too big. It can get too big and then, then it becomes, you know, like I said, the risk that you run that I've seen in other organizations is, is it just becomes its own bureaucracy and it becomes something else to task, right? It's like, oh, I got a good idea. Kick it to the innovation team or that smells like innovation. Kick it to them and they, they end up um, becoming more of a staff element than a problem solving element. I absolutely love uh, seeing the full spectrum of involvement from all ranks uh, at EagleWorks. Uh, we, we regularly get walk-ins and um, everyone from uh, brand new soldiers uh, to captains will, will come in and they're really excited about being able to apply their special talents or skills you know, to something that's meaningful to them that can, that can really affect change. And so really it's, it's all ranks. And that's what we're going for is we can't deliver a comprehensive solution unless we get diversity of perspectives. And so it's really great to see uh, naturally, there's again, just the full spectrum of, of ranks coming to us. You gotta get the buy-in from those, you know, the young, the young soldiers, those MacGyvers that, that look at a problem, you know, they, 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 they go to work every day, they perform these tasks in a motor pool or on the gun line or in an infantry squad, and they know where the pain points are and they know they know how to you know, how to do it better, but they just need the opportunity to be heard and to come up with innovative solutions and, and then offer those solutions and then implement those solutions. So you, you got to have them. I think you need the insurgents. Like I said, you need those captains. You need those those sergeants, those warrant officers that are that really are not afraid to take some risk. And, and they're they're just full of energy, you know, high, highly caffeinated and highly motivated. Uh, and, and just like raging against the machine, but it, you know the, the, it's amazing to watch how uh, how effective they can be. Uh, they will work nights and weekends. They will communicate with each other on social media and you know chat, signal, whatever, collaborating and sharing ideas. Just this really aggressive execution of the commander's intent. I think you need the evangelist, you know, like folks that are they're willing to go out and talk about it uh, and convince others and, and bring them in, you know, to the movement, so to speak kind of fan the flames of this fire that this wildfire that we're trying to get to spread across the army. And then I think, you know, part of this ecosystem too is are, are the, the geniuses, the folks from academia, the mad scientists. Okay. You know, the ones that bring that expertise, uh, they bring the laboratory, you know, the people that are just brilliant people that are, have solved so many problems that they're running out of hard problems to solve. And so here we are as an army, we come to them with lots of problems that need solving and they are willing to give, you know, of their time, to apply their expertise, to bring their graduate students in to help solve our problems uh, and, and share and learn and, and collaborate with us. So 
I think if you, you pull all that together and then take notes from the, the startup culture and you know, the entrepreneurs out there that have maybe new technologies, new uh, new ways of thinking, you know, new devices, new whatever. And if they're willing to, you know, you can kind of learn from how, you know, what makes them successful in the startup world and how do you apply those same lessons learned to a military organization? You put all that together and I think that's where the magic happens. And so part of that is just really building those, those external networks, uh, those ecosystems uh, around each installation and then, you know, kind of coalescing around a problem. And that's where you get these really innovative solutions. EagleWorks gives people at my level and below my level a place to go and, and be connected to innovation on the front line and be able to exercise those skills and that knowledge they have and have the equipment and the tools they need to use to implement those ideas or at least try to implement those ideas. And, I, and that's the exciting thing to see over this last year of, of almost having nothing to, to having what we're talking about right now. And it's just awesome to see. As the word gets out that this program exists and soldiers have this outlet, you know, the creative outlet to be able to go and do these kinds of things, we're, we're really attracting the right people. So if there's folks that believe that change can't happen within an organization, they're just not going to show up anyway. So we're really attracting the people who want to get after solving problems, who see things because they're at the point of friction and understand that there's probably a better way of doing certain things. Leaders and soldiers want to change things for the better. They want to innovate. They want to solve problems or uh, reduce shortfalls. And the biggest challenge, I think, within that, particularly within more of the uh, senior ranks, is just that they've seen over time that there's really no venue for this. So that's why I think this is such a huge thing that for a division to have this type of program in place for people to be able to actually see things come to fruition where they want to change things and they can see it at their level uh, I think that's really huge, and it just uh, surprisingly was not the bureaucracy, but really just the uh, experiences of not being able to do this sort of thing. So when we first started uh, looking at how we were going to design Eagle Works, one of the questions we were asking ourselves and another people were asking was, how are we going to incentivize it? And what we found is we don't have to deliberately incentivize it because those incentives are, are organic. Soldiers really just want to be able to affect change. They want to make their lives easier. You know, they want that to be proud of something that they've contributed that's meaningful, that's helping the unit, helping other soldiers um, and, and making their jobs easier. So we've found that really the biggest incentive is helping soldiers feel heard and giving them the tools, the resources, the support, and the guidance and coaching that they need uh, to be able to see something, a vision that they have, see it to fruition. Partnerships with academia and research institutes with world-class facilities, equipment, and subject matter experts, as well as lessons learned from some of the top businesses in industry, will help bridge the gap between idea and reality. Further, integrating and institutionalizing innovation into Army training and education will ensure this type of thought permeates the force. Let's get in the laboratory, let's prototype, you know, and let's bring in some experts and the resources that our university partners bring. And that's one of the, the, the other things that's great about university partners. All those things I said we don't have in terms of the, uh, you know, the people, the, the money or the authorities, universities have all of that. You can innovate all you want with them. Uh, and develop things under an educational partnership agreement uh, without running afoul of any type of acquisition rules or guidelines. So it's, but I think, you know, bringing all those assets to bear, suddenly you've got a PhD, uh, you know, professor of mechanical engineering from Vanderbilt sitting, listening 
Two, you know, the guy in the motor pool or, or the soldier that pulls the lanyard on the gun line or the guy whose job it is to, you know, set up and take down the camouflage nets. And they're like, hey, no, this is really interesting. Tell me more. How, you know, how can we engineer this gadget to make you, make you better at doing your job, to make you more ready, to make you more lethal, more survivable, et cetera? We're not thinking enough about how we give operational units uh, and soldiers at those units the tools to inform new solutions and to transform. The Catalyst Pathfinder program is a huge step in the right direction. It's an RDT&E program that's designed to bring soldiers earlier and more often into the development cycle. Um, and then another thing that we're doing is through NC State, uh, we're doing the H4X Lean Acquisition Innovation course, and it's teaching soldiers to apply successful entrepreneurial skills towards informing evidence-based requirements. Um, I think informing future requirements is, is huge, and there's a lot more that we can be doing to integrate soldiers into that because soldiers are closest to the problems and really, we need that comprehensive and continuous feedback, not just feedback at one point in time, but um, for them to be involved in coming up with ideas and um, really understanding the full scope of um, what a new capability needs to be able to do. And it's been really interesting to see that when we do start to give soldiers some of these tools and skills, where they're able to take it. And I think EagleWorks is kind of a model for how we can start bringing operational units, get them more involved um, in, a, in a more structured and comprehensive way into informing the future. In, in the past, we've really not done a great job of being able to bring together you know, scientists, engineers, the researchers with soldiers so that they can kind of refine what they're working towards. Um, and, and I think we're starting to get better at that, but that's really, to me, that's the biggest thing that we're missing is soldier integration into a lot of the uh, innovative and modernization efforts. Google gives their employees 20% of their work week is, is dedicated to their personal projects. There's no shortage of work to be done at Google, right? And, they, and they've got the best and the brightest, but they say, look, we intent, we want you to be very intentional about taking time for yourself to work on a personal project because we know that's going to keep the creative juices flowing uh, and, and you're going to be more motivated, more aggressive, more, uh, you know, just more ready to learn, more ready to contribute, more, more ready to build and learn if you have that time to kind of reset and work on some things that are exciting to you. And so we can do that as commanders. You know, we can fence time for soldiers to do this. We can allow them to come to the Eagle Works lab and spend an afternoon collaborating versus spending that afternoon in the motor pool or spending that afternoon cleaning weapons or just sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it's just, you, you never really know, but if you provide those opportunities for them to excel, people will take it and, and uh, they, they will surprise you with the results. It's pretty exciting. Some of the ideas that were out there uh, that we did not down select to, it's like building a better litter for the uh, joint-like tactical vehicle. This was based on some soldier feedback of, of something they wanted to adjust and they needed some engineering resources to do it. So we kind of, you know, these are, these were bottom up fed soldier ideas that we're going to take to Georgia tech. We're going to sprint with it. These cadets are out there at Georgia tech. Many of them are in their engineering program where they have access to the, to the resources through the engineering program out there. And they'll, they'll see if they can come up with a prototype. You know, we'll feed them a bunch of pizza and lock them in a room and they'll ideally come back with a prototype that we'll over the next four or five months, we'll test. And 
that's the the kind of thing that we see coming out of there. Like what, what we've been doing up till this point in challenging their way of thinking, we had a, you know, a senior leader at SpaceX come in and talk to him just about, hey, can you compare and contrast SpaceX and the Army? This is a, a former Army officer who now is a very senior member of SpaceX and and he talked to us about it. And going back to that idea about questioning all the assumptions, we're getting parts of it wrong. I think those were, those were you know, some common trends about the way that they're approaching their business and iterating quickly uh, that it made an impact on, on some of the young soldiers. And then we had a uh, NASCAR team come down, talk to them. You know, NASCAR, of all the professional sports and leadership within professional sports and innovation, it's one of the sports where you have this natural analog between human performance and the machine having to perform really, really well and balancing risk and reward at the same time. I mean, they make it seem really safe, but you can still die doing it. I mean, the, the motorsports aspect of risk is, is not dramatically dissimilar than some of the things we need to take into account for human performance and, and then machine performance. And so we had them talk and challenge some of the, the soldiers with that. And so what we've been building up to till now is change their way of thinking, make them uh, participants in the ideas that they want to solve. And now we're, we're trying to bring some of that to actual practical execution out with the cadets. The one thing I think that uh, where TRADOC could help is, is incorporating innovation and design thinking and lean startup concepts into our professional military education, like introducing these concepts at the officer basic course uh, or in our NCOES. Yeah, but really I think at the captain's career course level, like there's got, somehow we've got to get this into the, the program of instruction there to introduce, because I think I've said it, I said it earlier, the captains, that is the sweet spot. You know, they got about five years, four to five years experience under their belts. They know enough about the army to be dangerous. They're full of energy. Uh, they're highly committed. And they can take that experience and with the right training, the exposure, uh, just in a familiarization, I think a lot of them and, and some of them have probably already been doing this because the way this is starting to you know, permeate through and pro proliferate throughout the Army, some of them may already be familiar with these concepts, especially if they're coming from the 101st or the 82nd, 3rd ID or the 10th Mountain, but kind of framing it for them, giving them those, the skill set. And then I, what would be great is if you could take maybe the the ones that demonstrate the most potential and put them into some sort of fellowship program, post-career course, where they work for trade-out commander, they work for Army Futures, you, you figure out who they work for, or they work for one of the CFTs, which are housed at our, these centers of excellence, and they do about six months, you know, where they, you know, they get a kind of an intense design thinking course, a, a maker's course, a coding course, you could do about a six-week POI, and then just turn them loose on a problem for six months. They stay there at Fort Benning, Fort Gordon, Fort Huachuca, Fort Sill, wherever they are, and they're working with the CFT. They're working with the startup community in that local area. So at Fort Benning, it's they're going up to, to Atlanta. They're plugging into Bunker Labs. They're plugging into GTRI, University Partners. And then they're just, just like, hey, go nuts and report back to me every month and let me know what you're doing. And at the end of it, there's an out brief to the two-star uh, you know, Maneuver Center of Excellence Commander or, or whoever. Or, or to the CFT commander, you know, which would be a great opportunity. And then they get that. And then you send them out to go be company commanders. Those are going to be your new evangelists. Those are going to be those innovation insurgents that are going to spread it. They're going to grow it inside of their companies. They're going to lead up inside of their battalions. Uh, and they're going to make a lot of noise until somebody listens and allows them to do the things that they were doing before. 
In January of 2022, the 3rd Infantry Division's MARN Think Tank held an innovation workshop in partnership with Georgia Tech Research Institute and the Georgia Institute of Technology's Army ROTC program. The goal of the workshop was to promote innovation through collaboration and solve today's problems with today's technology. Let's hear from some of the innovators who took part in the workshop. My name is Hannah Bembry. I'm a master's student here at Georgia Institute of Technology studying international affairs and security. So I heard about the MAR Innovation Workshop through the ROTC program here at Georgia Tech, and I wanted to participate in it because it's an opportunity for me to get out of my comfort zone and work on something that could provide some new information and technology for today's problem sets. My name is Ariana Rogers. So I'm a fifth year biomedical engineering major, physiology minor here at Georgia Tech. As a fifth year, we sort of get a semester project, and so me and Cadet Jennings our uh, project, we were tasked with helping to coordinate this whole hackathon thing with uh, Third ID and GTRI. We came up with a list of problem statements for uh, the soldiers and cadets and everyone else participating to focus on and solve. And so for the next three days, we're going to be uh, developing solutions, coming up with prototypes and design ideas, and then we'll present them sort of like a pitch uh, to be further researched and improved on in the future. The way I approach innovation is definitely through hands-on. I'm a visual learner and I work best when I can get my hands together and actually build something to see its functionality and structure. So typically mostly in the, in the visual aspect. I like to rely a little bit on the childlike innovation imagination skills and then kind of put that into an adult perspective of what can actually function in real world scenarios um, and then kind of merge those in a way that hits both parts. I try to come at it from multiple angles. So I think that this was good, especially because obviously as cadets, we don't have military experience besides what we've learned in the classroom. And so mainly I'm coming at it from an engineering standpoint because that's what I do a majority of my time. And so getting to approach it using methods that I've learned in classes, so using design input worksheets and stuff that I've done in other classes, and then bringing that and comparing it with something that I've learned from the military, so like MDMP, the military decision-making process, and coming at it from that angle. And so using both of those together really helps you come up with more ideas and a variety of ways of thinking about things. So I'm working on the problem set with the combat crews and their ammunition count, and we're hoping to find a solution for those ground control members to have an accurate count of ammunition while relying on the technology versus the human aspect in order to free up time for them to focus on their mission set and their combat power versus uh, additional needs of taking an account by hand. So my group, we're working on finding a way to secure rucks to the sides of Bradley's in a way where they're being protected and aren't falling off because there's no space inside of the Bradley to work with. So right now they're sort of just tying them down to the sides, but when it goes through a forest or dense vegetation and stuff and it gets hit, the rucks are falling off. So we're trying to find out a way to protect the rucks and also keep them secure. And initially coming in, I didn't know how far we were gonna get. I was hoping to just leave with at least an overall like schematic and design that we would talk about and say that potentially we can do this, but we've actually gotten farther than I thought. We were able to do all of that stuff pretty much on day one, and today we're actually about to get into prototyping. So now the goal is to have at least a working prototype that we can present tomorrow at the final presentation. 
So working with the 3rd Infantry Division soldiers and the other entities here has been a wonderful opportunity for us. Um, the subject matter experts have a wealth and depth of knowledge that has really provided us with the needs and, and the requirements for us to provide them with the assistance they need. I think it's a great opportunity for others to participate in this because you're always going to be a lifelong learner in these fields and especially with AI and new technology in today's world, you have to stay up with the current problem sets. Seeing all the different tools that they have makes you think even farther beyond, say if I was in a typical classroom where there's just whiteboards and space and I'm trying to come up with something on my own, I don't think that I would have thought as far as, oh, we've been to this place that has an entire mill that can like cut through metal. So now I'm thinking, well, what are ways that we can do that? So I think it definitely helps shape your thoughts a little more because you're able to see something tangible that you could possibly work with. I think it gives you a really good opportunity to learn a lot about something that you might think you know a lot about. Like, I'm sure our soldiers who come in, they're like, I've worked with Bradley's and I've done this and that. And then there's us who haven't. And so I would say on my end, like as a cadet, I'm learning more about the Army and how it functions and how it works. And then from a soldier point, you're learning how to look at it from our perspective of more like an academic or a more engineering uh, way of approach. And that's definitely a skill set that you can take back with you wherever you go. I think in the beginning I was intimidated because it's like I'm just some like lowly cadet who's coming in and doesn't really know much about anything and so I was afraid they were going to be like these giant scary people who, you know but it wasn't like that at all they're really friendly and they're very open to like suggestions so even if it's like well this isn't the army way but this is how I would do it they're very open to and receptive to hearing the way that I would approach the problem or solutions that I would propose. So that's been very cool, like getting to interact with them in a way that you normally wouldn't get to. It's not just all officers or all enlisted or all NCOs. I like that it's a mix so we get to see what, um, so like we have a first lieutenant who's like a platoon leader so we get to see how he sees this problem and then we get to see like a specialist who's actually working and how they see the problem. So I think that that's really good to have so many different perspectives on the same thing. I think when you're working on your own in your own space, you don't allow for that broadening horizon of getting out of your comfort zone so that you can see different ideas and different perspectives and kind of allow yourself to get away from those biases that you might have. And it really allows for you to just kind of open up this opportunity. The opportunity to innovate is there at all levels of the Army and strategic partnerships with academia and research institutes will be pivotal in providing access to sophisticated makerspaces and laboratories, as well as world-class experts and thought leaders. With senior leader approval and adequate resources to include time as well as money and equipment, the Army is creating an environment that will help push modernization forward, solve soldiers' problems, and allow for innovation at the edge.